Hey y'all, this is Jay with All Your Things Are Gones. And this week we have New Radiant Storm King. Uh, more specifically, Matt Hunter and Peyton Pinkerton, uh, who were the core members of the band throughout its career. It's a band that uh, I drew a lot of inspiration from. Uh, really a big influence on me, and it was great to talk to them. They were nice enough to redo this interview. Uh, I did have some problems, as... I tend to have. Uh, so I had to uh, ask them to do it again, and they were very gracious, and I want to thank them again. Uh, there is some delays and crap with this interview because we did it on Skype. One guy's in uh, Western Massachusetts, and one guy's in New York, so there's some some talking over. But hope you enjoy it. It's good to hear from them. Uh, you know, I don't, don't know that you hear from them much interview wise so uh, I hope you enjoy it this is All Your Things Are Gone hello 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 hey hello hey there How's sounds this? like we're all here we're all here is everyone here we're all here more or less yeah yep so Matt I was just talking to Peyton and there may be some issues with my voice. Uh, if that's the case, uh, hopefully you guys will be talking more than me. That's the purpose of this anyway. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, if I if I need to repeat anything, just let me know. Don't you know? Don't if, if, don't hesitate. Or okay. Yeah. No, that's not a problem. I think one thing we can hopefully avoid that I think um, we didn't do such a great job with last time is that Peyton and I managed to you know in our eagerness managed to. Talk over each other a bit. We'll Wait, what that. do we do? Talk I think we just talk over did, each other. I can't really hear you, Matt. What did you say we did? Oh, I think we just... Is this better? Yeah, I just... I couldn't hear what you said. But Oh, no, I think, I think, you and I, I think in our eagerness, you and I just talked over each other a little bit. Uh, that's inevitably oh, what okay. happened, but we'll, we'll try to be conscious of that. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. I mean... Hopefully we just get the the gist of what you're saying and uh, the history and uh, all that business for once and for all. Cool. And, and the, you don't have to. And the, kindly remind me of the uh, profanity. Oh yeah, absolutely. Swear as much as you'd like. Okay, no, beautiful. I don't ha- have to, but yeah. it comes out sometimes anyway. Yeah, I swear all, fucking I swear great all the here. time on the, on the podcast. Um, Hell's yeah. Because I get very animated sometimes. Um, so, uh, Fuck yeah. let's talk about, uh, let's, let's move backwards, I guess, this time. I think we went forwards a little bit. Um, do you want to, Peyton, do you want to okay. talk about your new record? Um, I can do that, certainly. Uh, uh, it's so new that I don't really have uh, uh, a grasp on it yet. <laughs> no? Um, it came out on July 12th. It's called X Tomorrow, and... Uh, it's uh, um, just, uh, I guess, uh, the product of about a year's worth of recording and writing and stuff. Um, uh, J.J. O'Connell from the Storm King, actually, the last drummer of ours for several records, uh, um, played drums on it. Oh, great. Um, so and, uh, what, uh, what prompted you to start or want to do another record? I just write songs and I record them when I write them. So it just 
sort of they're hand in hand. Uh, that I I need to record as I write, so I end up with records or high end demos, maybe <laughs> in some cases. Um, and that's and I I want to continue to put out records, so that's my way of doing it, I guess. Uh, um, up in my little home home studio, if you can call it that, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, attic space, and um, I generally get, uh, just take all the tracks and mix them in the studio. How do you think it came out? Do you, were you happy with it? I'm very happy with it. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I'm always a little insecure just by nature, um, which is funny because it's like, well, don't put out a record if you're not totally confident in it. But right. uh, it just it's in me anyway, just to put it out and, and suffer the consequences if need be. <laughs> <laughs> have you got um, any feedback? People, um, people have been very, very kind. Um, I, you know, so far friends who normally would be, uh, you know, pretty candid with me have said they've enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I haven't heard so many specifics. Like people seem to have different favorite songs and whatever, but um, people are very kind. I just got a good review in the. Uh, the local paper up here so it's, it's really hard to get ink nowadays but um that uh that came out well and uh I, for all i know that might be the only bit of press i really get unless i make it onto a couple blogs or something yeah i guess i how do you do that stuff nowadays do you do any of that or how yeah. do you go about it i'm terrible terrible self-promotion my wife helps me do almost everything um through social media but i uh I do have a website, PeytonBiggerton.com, and the idea is that I'm going to start blogging about whatever recording, home recording stuff, gear, whatever, sort of all my geeky little hobbies, um, or how records were done, or things were recorded, and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you have a publishing company. I mean, I'm sorry, publicity company. It seems like if you're a big time, and I don't know, the little guys and gals, you know, you got to play out a lot, I guess. And I don't play out, so or at least haven't yet. Um, so I've never. What was that? I'm sorry. Go on. For whatever it's worth, I mean, like music uh, seems to spread more by word of mouth than ink these days, as far as I can tell. You know what I mean? Uh, and by word of mouth, I mean, you know, social stuff like that. Just the the, val the value of that kind of publicity. I mean, it was always hard to quantify to begin with, but it's, I, in my view, probably harder never to quantify. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, like you're going to get a review in Magnet or something, you know, yeah. nowadays. Or Melody and, and what's that even... Yeah. Well, yeah. Magnet certainly had some in the day, and uh, I, I don't even. Oh, sure. I don't even know if they stopped. They stopped publishing. Honestly, uh, I think the last the last issue I bought probably had super. So that was a lot. <laughs> um, uh, so, where did so you recorded this mostly at uh, Western Mass? I record it in my house, yeah. I've got a drum kit set up there and a bunch of amps and things and just do everything, the vocals. And then uh, in this case, I recorded a couple uh, bass tracks in the studio right before I mixed the record just to redo some stuff and have someone else play on it. But um, 
Um, yeah, I feel like I should be more robust in my <laughs> <laughs> discussion of this. Who all played on it? Did, uh, um, did I was, what's that? Who all played on it? Just you and... Um, J.J. O'Connell and, um, and did percussion and some backing vocals and drums. And uh, this guy, Mark Seedorf, um, played bass on uh, seven songs. Um, and uh, he's a, a local producer and engineer and bass player and accordion player for a number of bands up around here. So he just did the newest Mark Mulcahy record, actually. Um, produced that. And um, yeah, so it's a three piece, essentially. Are you going to be playing out, you think? You should I'm sorry, I heard both of you at once. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam. I think we were at, I think we were at the question. I was saying, Peyton, you should, uh, you should mention your gig. Oh, yes, I have a gig. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Matt. Uh, I, I, a gig, my first solo gig, and uh, not solo, really, fortunately. It's a, it's a trio, but it'll be the first time I've been in front of a microphone in about 10 years since Storm King broke up. So it's a, a big, whatever, big deal for me. Um, that's uh, October 5th, Saturday, at um, the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Oh, cool. Lovely Turner's Falls. Beautiful town. It's this great old theater. So, and I'll be uh, opening up for the Stone Coyotes, who are lo these local legends who've been in. And their music's been in films and stuff. Um, Elmore Leonard um, oh, yeah? films, a couple of them. He's a fan of theirs. I think he even wrote about them in one of his books before his passing. Huh. Um, but, um, so, yeah, so that's a great opportunity. And uh, we'll see, try out this material, some of the... Uh, it's gonna be interesting because on my new record, the, the there's several guitars at times, and as a three piece, and uh, you know, so I, I don't know if I get a second guitar player or not. But in the meantime, I'm just gonna try it as sort of a muscular three piece. But it will be less dense, I guess, which might not be such a bad thing. Yeah, how do you what cut? cases I'm sorry could you repeat that yeah what do you decide what do you decide what to cut in those in those cases have you made a decision whatever doesn't yeah like sometimes if you play a lead and stop playing the rhythm chords that are under it it can sound kind of anemic or it can sound amazing mm -hmm. um um, look at a band like Dinosaur or something where he's soloing the whole time without any rhythm guitar underneath him and it sounds great. Other times I've seen people do it and it just gets thin and, and kind of, uh, kind of wimpy sounding. So, or, or it just sounds like, you, you know, the floor came out from under you as you're listening to the song. Yep. Uh, and, um, yeah. I just saw, yeah, you never know. I, uh, I just saw a uh, dinosaur the other day, last weekend. Oh, oh, they just played up here too. Yeah, yeah, that's where it's on Sunday. They're, oh, at Look Park. Yeah, they were great. And uh, oh, Kurt, you were, uh -oh. who I've never seen was great. And uh, I don't. Do you remember the Wicked Farleys? Excuse me. The Wicked Farleys. Do you remember that band? They were from Boston. No. Uh, one of the guys. I from don't that, remember. And uh, was is the one of the guitar players in uh, Kurt Vile's band. Oh, 
Wicked Dinosaur performed the... Oh, I'm sorry. I would say, I, go on. I just, the, the problem is I'm hearing things delayed, so I'm talking over you without meaning to. I'm hearing silence, and then my voice is coming yeah, like a no second worries. after I say it. Yeah, I'm sorry. No worries. This is, I, I just want to explain that this is probably the best way to make sure that nothing gets screwed up again. Uh, and I don't, I don't gotcha. want to it, and I, I don't want to bother you all again, so this is probably the best. No, it's all right. And we can do some editing and, and cut out some of the... The, but you know, just uh, I guess in for uh, sound sake, just le leave a couple of hands and we can some reply. I guess. Um, cool. So, uh, are you nervous about playing? Like, what 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 makes the what made the decision that you, that to play now? Uh, just because of the record's coming out, or um, the guys I was playing with just pushed me really hard in kind of a good way, but um, we're just like, just do it, just do it, and basically, like, offered me a gig, um, and uh, I was like, alright, I'll just, just give it a shot, and um, we were um, we were offered an opening slot for Purple Mountains in, um, in Boston, and do that so we were sort of like um in gig mode anyway like everyone was like oh i can't do that but that would be wonderful so um jj is kind of in touch with a lot of people and kind of does the booking so he's just lining up some gigs cool and uh i just kind of went along with it and uh we did exactly one rehearsal Uh, Matt, have you been? Uh, have you been doing anything? What's that? Have you been playing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of since we last spoke, um, fairly active. I actually my uh, new assembled group is called the Dusty Fates. Um, and it's a bunch of people who've been playing in and around New York for a while. Um, my bass player used to play with Glenn Bronca. Um, my other guitar player used to be in this band called Jennifer Convertible. Uh, the drummer, uh, Roger, uh, wasn't is in King Missile, um, has played a lot of bands over the years. So we, we, we are going to start recording again sometime this fall, um, uh, with, uh, the band Savak, who I also play with from time to time using their recording studio. Um, and speaking of King Missile, I just joined them full time and that band's going to be recording a new record for the first time in 25 years sometime this fall, I guess, when we finish writing it. Um, it's all kind of up in the air. Uh, up, yep, the timing is up in the air, but we know we're going to do it. Um, uh, but I've only played with these guys a little bit, so I'm, I'm, the, I'm the young kid, the newcomer to that particular group, and I'm not entirely sure how the band dynamic works yet, um, but we will see. Uh, so I've got a lot of stuff going on, but nothing, um, there's no specific dates on any calendar yet, which is probably the first time I've had this in, I don't know, probably seven or eight years where there's absolutely nothing on a calendar within, you know, a month or two month time frame. Uh, which in this way is great. Uh, and it's also a little bit, um, perplexing. <laughs> Just not having one specific thing that you know you need to prepare for, uh, is a, is an unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliar state of mind for me. Is it uncomfortable? 
no, actually, I'm making the most of it. Because <laughs> there's always stuff to do, you know. What are you filling um, your time with? I'm, yeah, I mean, I am a... Uh, when I work on my songs, I am um, absolutely pitiless uh, editor when it comes to my own lyrics. Um, and I just constantly revise things and really don't stop uh, until it's actually time to put the vocal down. Um, and I, quirk of my personality, I guess. Um, but I just, I find it's very rare that I'm satisfied with um, lyrics that I write. So uh, I'm, Whenever I have spare time, I'm kind of pouring over them and trying to improve them and, you know. What's an editor? Always an editor, I suppose. Are they ever done, though? Say that again? Are they ever done? I mean, the cool thing about the song is that, you know, it's a little different every time you play it. So I guess in some sort of theoretical sense, no, they're never done. And I do sometimes change them after they're recorded. Uh, but obviously once you record it, they're, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be altered all that much necessarily, you know? Yeah. There were, there were, um, several New Radiant Storm King recording sessions where Matt would be getting up to do his song and he would have been scribbling in his notebook, you know, five minutes before it and have these fresh revised lyrics that you know just things have been scratched out and written in again and um and some of my favorite lyrics of his were written that way just like you're hearing it when you start singing it you're hearing the lyrics for the first time and it's like oh wow sometimes that worked out really well sometimes it was a total disaster (laughs) (laughs) well i guess it's i mean things are gonna not always work out that's for sure Uh, of course the ones, the ones that were disasters were never, uh, never saw the light of day. So, uh, so that's, that's it. We caught those. <laughs> right. That's the trick is recognizing it. I suppose that's most of the battle. When yeah. You, when sure. you guys recorded, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you have many records, but were there always a lot of songs that you went in with? Like, was there, you know, were there always more than 10 say songs that you always have t- songs that you could throw out if you, they didn't come out? Oh Yeah. A lot, yeah. Um, we sometimes, I'd say probably, at least for me, the attrition rate was probably 50% or more. Um, wow. 60%. Like, no, that doesn't mean they were good songs. <laughs> you know, that's that was the part of the problem. But uh, I would write a bunch and bring them in, and we'd pretty much weed them out as they got worked on and, you know, kind of showed their faces mm-hmm. um and matt's i think we get matt had a lower attrition rate i think <laughs> yeah I, I i i did have a lower attrition rate but i brought in a lot less stuff <laughs> at the same time so uh you know and it's not that uh it's not that i don't generate a lot of ideas it's just i don't know i have a certain threshold where i just i'm not even gonna bother bringing it with showing it to anybody else until I feel reasonably okay about it. Well, how long did but it... we always did... Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, um, we often had a bunch of leftover stuff after recordings, um, and some of it was pretty good. Um, but I think at this point, uh, you know, we had a compilation album come out in 20, 2004, 2005, Four. something like that. 2004. 2004. Right. Um, that 
probably got the gist of what was good. <laughs> if, if memory serves, there might be some other decent stuff in there, but the, the, the outtakes that I can remember right now um, were probably should remain outtakes. <laughs> well, and there were uh, I, songs that were brought in. Oh, sorry. Songs that were brought in that didn't necessarily even get recorded. Um, oh, for sure. They just made, yeah. Totally. And so that, add that to the pile of rejects. <laughs> right. Yeah, the right. pretty big pile. Right. Did you ever go, do you ever go back and listen to some of that stuff that maybe didn't make it and then possibly use, because I've gone back recently and, and there are one or two songs that I say that could maybe be reworked that would be interesting today. Does that ever happen? Do you ever do that? Either with New Radiant Storm King or I have, songs? I have uh, one Storm King song for that was going to be on our last album um, that just didn't come together. We, we, we did a couple of takes of it that just didn't really work. Uh, but I've actually uh, revised that for... Um, God, this would be more than 10 years now. Uh, I've revised that for my new, for the Dusty Fates. Um, and I'm not sure if it'll work this time, <laughs> um, but we're going to try it out. What song is that? Um, it's, uh, you, um, I, don't, I don't think it ever had a name. Um, it's the one that started, it was all kind of an, an acoustic thing in A major seven. Um, that there was uh, you just played this one type of um, type of thuddy guitar over it. It was mostly acoustic, and JJ had this kind of looping uh, drum beat under. Huh. Okay. Now yeah, I won't waste time now thinking, but I'll, I'll try to remember it. Yeah. No worries. Uh, but I tried to revise it, and it might. I don't know. It might work. We'll see. Do you find like a big, uh, uh, like stylistic difference between songs that maybe right now, obviously, and then songs that, that yeah, obviously, because I, I remember, uh, was it Hurricane Necklace? Um, like the right before that, like a strong stylistic change going on. I don't, I don't know how y'all feel, but um, stylistically, the. Do you find that you're totally different now than you were then? Um, hey, you want to go for it? I missed, I missed part of that, so I'll let you take that one. Okay. Uh, if I heard you correctly there, um, I mean, we, it, you know, I think the style for, for us for Storm King evolved pretty um, organically, uh, partially based on just how we, I, I, I hopefully, improved as musicians over the years. Uh, partially how our interest uh, and partially just as a result of, you know, me living in New York and Peyton living up in the Valley. So our, we, we wound up initiating things separately uh, a lot more often as the, as the band went on. Um, whereas in the early days, a lot of it was just, you know, run down to the basement and bash it out till we're happy with it. Um, what I, how my stuff has evolved in recent years has also just, uh, has to do with how they were written for the most part. Like, I've been writing for probably 10 years mostly on acoustic guitars, um, largely just because I live in a tiny little apartment here uh, where I can't, you know, crank an amp up to 11. So it just, it just limits what I can do. Although now, 
I'm making a conscious effort to uh, start writing uh, electric and dynamically. It just means I have to do it when my neighbors are gone. <laughs> uh, but so far, I'm pleased with the results. How about you, Vade? Yeah, do, do you find, I guess, really, uh, do you think there's a strong stylistic change between uh, the record before Hurricane Necklace and that record in particular? For me, I always thought there was, but... For, for which, uh, August Revital and Hurricane. Yeah. You talking about August Revital and Hurricane Necklace. Yeah, those couldn't be more disparate in nature than. Yeah. Well, August Revital sort of the well, the sound of a band breaking up a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. At least to me, that's how it is. I it's, it's a record I can't listen to and don't ever plan on listening to again. Um, maybe out of curiosity someday. Uh, but uh, bad associations with that one. Um, I was never happy with the way that one came out, and uh, the, I don't think I don't know if anyone was, or, but it was the last record we made um, with that lineup. And uh, well, I agree with Tim on, on um, August Revival, not my favorite at all. Uh, though it has some great moments. Uh, it, it has a couple of, it has a couple of winners on it, but it's, um, you know, we, we labored really, really hard writing those songs, um, and wanted to make something that sounded really great. I think it sounds good. Tim O'Hare, who engineered it, did I think a really good job, but, um, it just didn't, it didn't feel worth, uh, it didn't feel like our best. Like I, I still felt we should, should have made that, made a better record than we did but uh, some people love it i have met no shortage of people who say that's their favorite record of ours um go figure yeah i agree uh i've, I've met a lot of people who love that record uh a guy who's a yeah. big fan of yours uh I don't, I don't know if you ever met him jay lassard he was uh always a huge fan of uh, what's that don't think so no nope. um, i actually i sent him the uh video of uh that that for the song off uh, your new record, Peyton. I think I think it's the video for your new record. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey. Uh, so I was saying that uh, I, uh, a friend of mine who was always a big fan, and he lives now lives in Alaska, so he's not as connected as he used to be back in the day. But he was always a huge fan. I sent him a video of the video from your new record. The video from my new, uh, the video from my last record. Last record, I'm sorry, yeah. No, uh, no, the, the, the video came out not that long ago, so it actually was a couple years after the record it was on, came out, so. It's a great video. It's amazing. Uh, how did that come about? Um, he just had an idea. He kind of just, he just does his thing. He says, like, I'm going to do a video for you, and has a vision, and um, he basically used the idea of um, old-school comic books, like the inside with all the old ads for all these crazy gadgets and gadgets and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you ever collected comics or had, you know, like, um, so, you know, the inside, or you could, like, sell Grit Magazine and, you know, make so many points and get, like, a rubber raft or something or a football or things like that and flowers that squirt 
Um, but yeah, yeah, he just did that for me. And it's it's kind of like a gift. I mean, it is a gift. He just does it and sends it to me and says, "What do you think?" And uh, what am I going to say? <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, his name's Jay Hollinsworth, and he's done a lot of stuff. He's always working, and um, he's done Bob Bob Mould recording, um, uh, Bob Mould band. And uh, Foo Fighters video as well. There's some other stuff I'm forgetting, but definitely check him out. Plug, plug for him, mm-hmm. Jay Hollinsworth. Good guy. He's done some other stunking videos too, which are cool. And uh, probably our best one uh, called Quick, Quicksand Under Carpet. It's on YouTube. Um, and one called uh, Clouds Cover Everything as well. So That's right. I forgot, I forgot he did that one too. So yeah, he's uh, he's been a good friend to us. I'll put links to all that stuff up as well. Right on. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I just said he's a good dude. <laughs> uh, okay, Matt, how, how did the missile thing come about? Uh, long, sort of complicated thing. I had um, a band for years. Uh, with Dave Rick, who's, who's the guitar player in King Missile and Phantom Tollbooth and Bongwater and a bunch of others, uh, and the drummer for King Missile, Roger, who now plays with me in the Dusty Face. We had a thing for years called McLeod um, that for, that we we labored at like like West Virginian miners in the dark for about eight years, and the thing finally just sort of stopped playing for a variety of reasons. Um, but these guys are my good friends, and when they needed um, a bass player in King Missile, because very suddenly they had to kick out um, the bass player they had uh, about three weeks before a show, uh, I said I would do it, uh, and we all just got along well enough, and it felt really good, and so they asked me to join. So, pretty simple. Everything come about after all these years. Say that again. It seems interesting that it would come about after this long. I mean, was there an impetus that why they were just like is it just why that? I mean, I think you know once they stopped playing together around geez 1996 or something like that, uh, they just didn't speak for a long time. And for some reason, John Hall. Um, you know, he was, he's obviously the main impetus in the group uh, and really the focal point. I had an idea about two years, two or three years ago to get to, to get that lineup going again. Um, and it turns out there's a fair amount of interest. Like, you know, the, the, the shows are packed and there's an interest from some uh, label for some new recordings. Um, so, that, I mean, that's really, I think if there wasn't interest, they probably just would have put the thing to bed, but people do seem to be into it. Uh, so at least for the near term future, uh, as long as that's there, that's the thing still going. Um, John's new songs are totally fucked up, uh, in the best possible sense. Uh, so, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I really have no idea where this thing's going to go. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to be on the ride for at least a little while. They're, uh, popular. I never thought I'd see that happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't figure. I, I don't, I guess I don't really understand. I mean, I, I obviously I was a product of the 90s in a lot of ways, but I don't, 
really see what you could latch on to as far as, you know, uh, pop culture or whatever, but I guess there is plenty. Sure, sure. Uh, but I draw a blank, too, in that respect. I don't really know. Uh, haven't lived in that world for a long time. Yeah, me neither. I, 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 I will say, just to go back to an earlier point, when we talk about, like, some of the Storm King records that we, you know, at least that Peyton and I like or don't like in retrospect, um, I have a 26-year-old daughter uh, who lives in New York, um, and I, I see her quite a bit. She comes over for dinner a lot, and one thing she always peppers me about, what, you know, Dad, what did this lyric mean? Dad, what were you trying to think of when you said that? Um, and I'm, I'm horrified to have to, to have to answer these questions most of the time, uh, but I do my best. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing to think, uh, you know, your, your kid, uh, paid more attention than you, than you, than you thought she would, I suppose. <laughs> or hoped you, she wouldn't at all, uh, maybe. Right, exactly. Uh, I would say that, I mean, uh, harkening back to something that you were saying earlier about writing lyrics, it definitely, I think, lyric, lyrically, and honestly, I, I don't know if I could... I don't know offense. I don't know if I could tell you know whether you wrote a song or, or whatever. But uh, I would say that like lyrically, the, in, the for New Radian, the lyrics are very interesting and uh, um, I don't know angular. I guess which maybe fits with the music a little bit in a sense. Sure. Is that a product? Sure. Would be just one your writing style and rewriting every everything, or is it or was that purposeful? Uh, hmm. There are a lot of questions in that question. There is, yeah. Uh, Peyton, what do you think? Well, we wrote a little differently, um, but I would see how our lyrics could cross over or something at times. I always had to have my stuff ready ahead of time, um, but sometimes we'd switch the order around of, you know, move the second verse to being the first verse and the first to the second or whatever, like swaps like that. But other than that, um, uh, I mean, I guess we thought a lot of the music had really dumb lyrics and we were like, well, we're going to be ourselves, but we're going to like sing about this, you know, something that maybe like, no, there aren't already 50 songs about, um, you know, songs like you know, different scenarios. Um, so in that case, I guess Matt and I share it a lot. So we probably, I could see where it would be difficult to assume who wrote what. We, we've heard that before, though, that uh, uh, among a lot of people that our voices in particular um, were hard to distinguish. Uh, I, I, you know, I can tell. <laughs> and Peyton can yeah. tell. I'm sure you can. But, like, uh, a lot of other people apparently couldn't, so. It's like Benjamin Orr and Rick Ocasek. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Hard hard to tell, but you can tell. Sure. Mm-hmm. Although, if only I could sing, like, Benjamin Orr. Well, he, he seems a little more angelic to me than Rick Ocasek, but. No, it is, and once you notice, but I, and when I was younger, I couldn't tell them apart always, and I thought, I was shocked when I found out who sang what. It is surprising, like especially like even the band when you when you start listening to the band and you realize that the drummer sung a lot of the songs, or even the monkeys, like you don't realize that Rick, uh, Mickey Dolan's so sang most of the songs. Huh. 
It never occurred to me. Yeah, he sang most of those songs. And what's his name? Yeah, they had. They had... Like, he sang, uh, uh, see, what, like, Daydream Believer and stuff like that, but Mickey Dolan so, sung the majority of everything. Corpus song right. and all that stuff, yeah. yeah. All the, like, the well, real he was a kid. hefty stuff, the good stuff. He was a kid actor and a, with a double threat, you know, like, I think he grew up singing and had, had that going for him, and there's a point right. of resentment, too, I think, with, uh. Mike Nesmith, who could sing and write songs and wasn't allowed to do it because they had the Wrecking Crew cutting all the backing tracks for that stuff. It's tough to argue with when you have that kind of band behind you. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though I the, the first, yeah. first couple of Nesmith's records are great. I just saw him this last year. Uh, or maybe, yeah, last year I saw him. Um, I saw the Birds one night and then I saw the Mike, Michael Nesmith like the next wow it was awesome oh wow yeah. uh, hey Peyton you should uh, go ahead sorry Peyton you should talk I said Peyton you should uh, talk about your involvement with the Purple Mountains uh, yeah. album oh it wasn't that extreme um, I went down to uh, basically just help out with getting a vocal sound um, uh by way of lending my microphone to David and kind of being there as like you know, emotional support for that. Um, and uh, just about three days of, of just tons of fun. He, he was cutting all the vocals, so it was interesting hearing everything go from instrumental to hearing him sing the words over and over and, you know, getting getting really good takes. Um, I got to sing, they let me sing on the chorus of the... Uh, all my happiness is gone, so that's kind of cool. But I listen to it, I can't hear myself, so maybe they cut me out. I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, it, it was fun to do. Um, but that record's really great if you had not heard it yet. It's, uh, it's something else. Yeah, I'll include it. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, do you guys I, I, can, I, get, like, uh, asked to be, uh, you know, a consultant on things like that? Excuse me? Like, do you often ask it to be, like, uh, to go to a recording to for your opinion and set up stuff and the thing? No, I've, I've only if I've offered to help out somebody or something, but um, no, I've never been asked to do that before. I've uh, recorded some people um, in my studio here, um, uh, but uh, no, I've not been asked to be a, a vocal consultant or anything, which is funny because I'm not you know, the greatest singer in the world, so you wouldn't necessarily, uh, I'm not like a coach or anything like that. I'm just helping with cadence and things. And again, mainly getting him a special microphone, um, a pretty decent collection. And, uh, this one that I knew his voice would sound good through because he kept saying no one, no one could get the sound he wanted. And, uh, he felt like he was doing karaoke. And, um, so again, this big, big old microphone and he, uh, he seemed quite happy. So, yeah, um, hey, maybe it's a, this is a, a career path for you, vocal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't really know that much in the end. I could, you just got to take my way through, basically, which enough people have done. So I think that could, could maybe be great. Right, exactly. What kind of advice do you give someone? Was your what was your advice to him? Advice as far as what goes singing. Oh. Um, will you tell you let them know when they've 
if they can't tell between what a good take was or a good phrasing and a bad, bad phrasing or, or phrasing that's not as good as the previous take or you can tell when someone's getting tired and maybe you should move off that song and not let them like lose their mind because, because it's just getting worse and worse. Um, not that that was happening with David. He was, um, we were doubling his voice in some cases. So we just had to make sure that all uh, the cadence is matched up, you know, you do one track and then he has to sing it pretty much the same way. And he's like, you know, people talking about like Dylan or Elvis Costello, like they never like saying any take the same way twice. Like they would change notes and movement and stuff. And, uh, David's kind of like that. And yeah, you, you get one good take out of him. You might not get an identical take. You might get another great take, but they might not sound great, you know, going, playing at the same time together. But in his case, he just got it all. They finished it at um, Electrical Audio in Albini's place. And uh, so I think they uh, got good results there, too. I'm sorry I missed that. It would have been exciting. <laughs> yeah, that would be a nice place to go to. I'm going to Chicago this this week. I'd, that would be one of the things I'd go see if I, if I could go to yeah, the tour of Electrical Audio. I'm not sure what they would do. <laughs> Yeah, I would lose it if I. I've, I've actually seen some video walkthroughs of the, the place, but not quite the same. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a great facility. I I there a couple of years ago. I didn't record there, but stayed there a couple of years ago. It's uh, 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 it's a great space. It seems that way, and it, it the themselves have a character of their own which i've you know, obviously read through various articles and then just hearing things that were like uh i don't know if you know russian circles they just recorded a record and the drums in particular were done electric audio and i think all the guitars were done here in massachusetts with kurt Ballou from converge and i can huh. you can just tell the difference in the room or just the the, the boards all that stuff like the drums sound so amazing and I think the guitars sound like yeah. like crap, unfortunately. <laughs> what band is that? They're good. Russian Circles. Okay, they're from instrumental. Uh, instrumental, I guess. You yeah. Call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Castles, awesome band. Like the Pelican Isis um, scene. They and they're, they're, there's a reason that they've survived. They're they're probably the best of all those bands, ultimately. Doug Trio. Yeah, they are. Have you heard Dub Trio? Have I? Yeah. Have you, yeah. I think they're my favorite of the instrumental groups. The, the louder mm. varieties. Although, mm. well, there's um, so many now. What do you, so what do you guys listen to now, I guess, for new music? Are you listening to any new music? Um, I just cracked open this uh, Marvin Gaye CD that's unreleased material that I'm going about to listen to when I get off the phone. So um, that's that's what I um, I about I haven't listened to anything in a couple weeks actually. Did you buy a CD? My wife brought it home. Yeah. Okay. Someone bought a CD. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, I still buy CDs. I buy CDs and records, and uh, I don't do... I lost all my 
music once on a computer and I'll never do it again. I'll never get, I'm just going to stay in the uh, physical realm. I'm not chocolateite oh, that way. That's all right. Total chocolateite. I still have all my CDs, but I got rid of all the cases. I used to work at Newberry for a long time, so I have thousands of CDs. Yeah. yeah. That I have a hard time right. letting go. Right. It's not like uh, VHS tapes or something. <laughs> I really like um, the new the new Mekons record, uh, but I like most of their records, so no real surprise there. Um, the the speaking of inst- loud instrumental bands, Mesthetics, uh, which has the rhythm section of Fugazi, are really good. Um, and when I toured with the band Savak in January, um, we we played with this uh, band called Hammered Hulls from Washington, D.C. that has Mary Timoney on bass and Alec McKay singing, uh, and they're, they're awesome. Uh, they're super good. I don't know if they've done any recordings yet, but that's, uh, uh, that's a bunch of things that, a uh, couple things anyway that I've done of, of a rock nature. So, um, I'm trying to think. I, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Oh no! Sorry, everything's blacking out on me. Um, I um, I did see a, an amazing band this past Wednesday night called Lankum L A N K U M from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, just amazing uh, sort of traditional band in some sense, but then these insane acapella moments and uh, very sort of like indie rock traditional Irish rock <laughs> traditional Irish music if you could uh, create the hybrid um, really they are um, they're on rough trade so they're easy to find but um, you should check that's only check them out they're uh, I, I got a little weepy just a little weepy really when I saw them yeah it's alien pipes a euphonium um guitarist and a fiddler and they all sing like angels and perfect four pit four part harmony and uh they're just and they're also really into uh 1890s new york musical songs so <laughs> like you see these numbers it's like the irish specific. jubilee and things um wow like, yeah like new york matinee type stuff back in the day um uh, but really, really great band, uh, Lankum, which I and don't know what that, that means. And everyone knows that Irish songs are weep anyway, so they already uh, they already got you by the balls when you walk in. <laughs> yeah, they sing like angels. That's what gets you. It's the uh, and the pipes, right? The pipes, the pipes. They're always a calling. Uh, what do you? Those pipes are. <laughs> I would say, well, probably. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't want to keep you for too long since I've already kept you for an hour beforehand of this. Um, what, were you, I, what were you listening to and, and what, how do you think it compares to what you're listening to now when we first got together? I'm sorry. Ask that again. I'm trying to process that. Uh, what, how do you think what you guys were listening to when you met compares to what you're listening to it now. What were you listening to then when you all got together? Uh, probably, I mean, a lot of the same stuff, you know, the SS, the classic SST bands and 
you know, uh, early punk rock and, um, you know, a lot of the homestead bands of the time. So, I don't know, like the, 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 the universe of, of music, at least for me, uh, was, was a lot narrower than, uh, than it is now. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we were working in, you know, indie rock was still pretty new then. Um, so there wasn't a big, uh, there was no canon. That's not true. There was, there was a canon of sorts, but it was, but it was pretty small. Um, uh, and I don't know, don't, 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 I haven't felt, uh, uh, I haven't felt as drawn to those albums much recently, though I still love them. Um, just because it totally makes sense that 25 years later, um, with Matt, both course of other things, um, you know, your universe will expand, I suppose. But like I just said, my favorite album of the year so far is the Mekon. So maybe I haven't changed all that much. <laughs> yeah. I still love a lot of those records and I, I still revisit them. And when I think about something, you know, records that I'll always listen to that I are the most influential, those will never change. I don't think. Oh, sure. Uh, what I find when I'll pull out like the Minutemen or, uh, you know, an early knee puppets record, it's often to play them to my daughter. <laughs> All right. Um, Peyton, are you still there? We lost Peyton again. I'm trying to hear some breakup. Uh, how about your vote? What were you listening to then? Uh, I think a lot of what Matt was listening to as well. I was kind of label oriented, so it was like everything on Homestead, SST, Touch and Go, um, Cruise, Boner, um, <laughs> uh, Tang. Um, and just stuff across the pond, like, um, factory and zoo, stuff like that. Um, uh, so I would just hear a couple bands and if I liked them, I would just buy everything that was on that label, which I learned later was not always the wisest move because you end up with some real dogs no matter what, except for, uh, really homestead during the golden era. Um, it's hard to buy a bad record then. But um, SST, much as I love them, definitely have some a few things I just <laughs> to test my patience musically. Um, really, babe? You didn't, you didn't want to listen to every Zoog's Rip album? <laughs> yeah, it worked. Um, yeah, the Chocolate's Dog. I don't know. Maybe I'd like it now. I don't know. I, um, I, I kind of rediscovered Saccharine Trust not that long ago, and I was enjoying that. And I remember not quite getting it when I was in high school listening to it. Um, and now I just listen to honestly whatever like is just different from what I the kind of music I make. Uh, like I don't really listen to much indie rock, um, uh, so I don't really know any of the new bands. I don't know, you know, I've never heard, you know, bands that are household names. I think. Um, I think on my turntable right now is a Tim Harden record. Um, and I was listening to General Giant. Uh, I can see in the order of my, I have this sort of anal way of stacking my records. So in my listening order. And um, oh my Lord, four, three, three King Crimson records in a row. So that's where I'm at lately. Is that a conscious choice? Uh, 
What's that? Is that a conscious choice to not be listening to whatever it is? Uh, no, I guess it's just I kind of make music of a certain type, and I feel like I I like to get a break from that, you know, like so. I, I guess I, I like to just like something something totally different to cleanse my palate, clean my brain a little bit from being I don't know getting stuck in, in too much indie world. Um, you always had a you always had a prog side though. Yes, I do have a prog side. <laughs> I have the metal side, so oh, yeah. I I mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Where did that come um, from? I came from hearing, like, from, like, Venom and Van Halen and stuff when I was in, like, late elementary school, maybe uh, sixth grade, fifth grade, something like that, um, and bought, like, Hit Parade and Cream and all those magazines with the hair bands, uh, and so I had a brief dalliance with that, but then I got into like the really heavy stuff in college, like Melvin's and borderline metal, not like straight up the pipe metal, but um metally moments. I think that's why I like that trio so much because they integrate some of the really heavy sort of parts that are in different time signatures and stuff that make me think I don't know, like my my head does weird math when I'm listening to it. Um but sleep you know, uh, high on fire. I think those are all pretty good bands. I definitely had my foray into that kind of metal, uh, sleep and uh, Caius and um, oh, yeah, all kinds of shit like that. Uh, I don't know who else. A bunch of those like indie metal bands. I guess Chorus, Nebula. Yeah, all that, like all that, that. Sun Valley stuff. Yeah. All that. Uh, did you manage Did you manage to see Mayhem when they came through a few years ago? I did not. No, I did see a band called Lucifer, um, which is one of the guys uh, from Helicopters. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Uh, it was like a couple, I don't know, maybe January um, at the Middle East upstairs. Huh. And you know, I I haven't really been going to the Middle East that much because uh, they're really just doesn't really exist for the most part like it used to um but that place was sold out and it was packed with a bunch of leather wearing metalheads who are so pumped to be <laughs> great it was really awesome i know it blows it, it blows my mind these days it's like to see um like young kids dressed like you know a 70s session <laughs> um it's almost a shopping thing a nun walked out priest i'm like god they're still making those yeah I thought they thought all that a long time ago. Uh, I, I will say this for for Mayhem because uh, I did go see them. And I'm not a huge fan, but I figured you know how often you get a chance. Uh, those guys know show business. Um, whatever you think of their music, they definitely know show business. <laughs> right, how uh, how was performing for you guys? Did you guys enjoy it? Do you still enjoy it? I mean, obviously, it sounds like Peyton, you might be a little nervous. What was the show? I, I missed the first part. Of your, I, again, I missed part of that. How was playing with for you guys? Uh, did you always enjoy playing? Sounds like you might be a little nervous now. That just because of the time. Oh, now I am. I know when we were tight and rehearsed and stuff. Now I loved it. I never. I mean, there, 
the usual healthy level of nervousness. Um, was you know that kept us on our toes and stuff. But no, I don't think we ever had like we never had like the vomiting backstage stage fright. You know, we played in front of some a couple big crowds at the times when the, someone else might have gotten a little more freaked out, but we handled it all right. We had to, we had to open up for the meat. We got to open up for the meat puppets once, but uh, Chris Kirk would missed his flight. So we were only supposed to play for 35, 40 minutes at, you know, and we're playing in front of, I don't know what that place held, but like well over 500 people. Um, oh, God. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe a thousand. Um, and <laughs> the guys, we finish our last song, they go, you guys have to keep playing more. <laughs> and it's a meat puppets crowd. It's not our crowd. And uh, so we're just going through our catalog, basically playing, and people are starting to sit down up front. <laughs> and it's, it's it's getting a little bad. There's, there were a couple sort of boos. I don't think we'd ever been booed before. Um, before that, we were getting just some new meat puppets. And uh, that was that was the most scared I've been on stage, I think, uh, with that band. That's for sure. Uh, thinking like we were going to, the bottles were going to start flying soon, but it wasn't that big a deal in the end, obviously. But uh, nerve-wracking at the time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was it was both funny uh, and, uh, and not all that much fun. <laughs> uh, and that was the, and that happened to be the tour, uh, our, our tour on uh, August for Vital, which is like kind of moodiest record. So as you could probably imagine, uh, it was just not at all what the crowd was was terribly interested in hearing, uh, and then we had to keep playing. <laughs> not knowing him. The funniest. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, go ahead. I was just going to say the funniest part is Matt was such a diehard Meat Puppets fan that if need be, he actually could have filled in <laughs> and played the parts. Uh, at least I'd say, be fair to say, 90, 95% of the parts he would have been able to just jump in and do. And uh, we, we went as far as talking to Bostrom about it, saying, this guy knows this guy knows the parts. He knows the parts. It's, 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 he doesn't make the flight. This guy can play for you. And they were like, they were like yeah, okay, what are, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you if we need to talk to you. But they kind of dismissed us. But um, that could have been quite interesting. Probably would have played better than Chris that night. Very probably out of it. He was a little out of it, I'd say, when he showed up. He was very out of it. (laughs) He was very, very out of it. Do you think you guys were often uh, mismatched with show pairings, like bands? No. No, no, no. This is like this was a very this was super rare. <laughs> like that, it, yeah, that like that might be the one time that we got that uh, the things got really screwy. It it almost always worked out well. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I thank you for doing this again. I'm sorry that <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope it, I hope it was a similar experience. I hope it was good, and uh, I really appreciate it. Of course, no problem. Uh, let let. I would just say, let, let us know when you think it's going to air. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to get it edited, and I'm going to push it up, because this, it would obviously, this would probably have been around the time that uh, it would have aired if it 
hadn't got screwed up. So, um, gotcha. Uh, if I can get it edited, uh, it'll be up not this Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm up. I'm a little concerned about a couple of my answers only because I really couldn't hear chunks of your questions. Mm-hmm. So they might have drifted. <laughs> um, I think I got the so Nothing sounded out of, uh, I don't know, off stuff. You're not like, what the fuck's he talking about? Like, holy shit, he's gone off the deep end. <laughs> like, well, I don't know you well enough. You might have, but I, I, I okay. seem that way. Uh, Matt, yeah, okay. you know? All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks, man. Later, Matt. Bye. Bye.